amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is Friday. It is December 11th, 2020, and uh, this is uh, the Michael Cutler Hour. Uh, I host this, as you know, every week. Uh, If I sound rattled, news just breaking just before I went on the air that the Supreme Court has denied the application by a number of states, 17 states, to join with um, Texas to contest the um, irregularities in the voting process in four of the states in the United States. The Supreme Court and the majority, and it was a a two-to-seven majority or a seven-to-two majority, uh, arguing that the other states had no standing. And I'm not a legal scholar. I'm not even a lawyer. I don't play one on TV. But this is, to my thinking, the same kind of reasoning that you get when you call a congressman's office or a senator's office uh, where you're not living within the jurisdiction of that elected representative. And some staffers will speak with you, but very often the first question that you're asked when you call up a senator or a congressman, what is your zip code, Mr. Cutler? And if they look at the chart and my zip code isn't in their state, if it's a senator or not within the congressional district, if it's a member of the House of Representatives, they will not talk to you. Now, I I want you to think about the lunacy, at least from my perspective. It's not as though you're calling the mayor of Milwaukee and saying, what are you doing? I'm in Brooklyn. What the hell does that have to do with Milwaukee? You're right. But the government on the federal level impacts every American from coast to coast, border to border, including Hawaii, including Alaska, and including our possessions. Everybody is impacted by the federal government. You would think it makes sense that if you were calling up a congressman, not because you needed help with Social Security or you couldn't get your veterans benefits or something on that order, I agree. Go to the congressman where you live and let them deal with it. That's part of what they get paid to do. What they call servicing the constituent. Mostly when we get serviced, it's the kind of servicing I suspect that Mr. Swalwell apparently had with that busy little Chinese girl. But the point of the matter is that who was a spy, we all know the case. But when you call up to say, you know, if you vote this way or that way, you're going to do harm to our nation's security. You're going to do harm the economy. Now, you may be right, you may be wrong, but certainly you should have the right to call any member of Congress and say to that person, you know, you're supporting bad legislation. And I've even had the occasion of calling up a member of Congress. You don't get the member, obviously. You get the staffer. 
<clears throat> so, you know, I saw your boss on TV yesterday, and he made a statement. I think that I have information that may be helpful. Uh, please put my name in Google. I've testified before 17 hearings. Uh, this is a critical issue. Very often people are missing the point. Can I at least give you my opinion? Well, we're not really supposed to accept that kind of a call, but there's a general email box that we have, Mr. Cutler. Oh, okay, great. And how often is that email reviewed? Oh, gee, I have no idea. I said, does anybody review it? <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> I'm not certain. <coughs> that conversation actually took place about two weeks ago with a member of Congress who is in my state, but I don't live within his district. And after he appeared on Fox News, I said, gee whiz, this guy's getting it wrong in my judgment. Now, you would think, that a member of Congress would be interested in the opinion of somebody who happens to be an American citizen and has been qualified at numerous hearings and trials as an expert. You would think. They don't care. Now, maybe the congressman would care, but the staffers have been well-trained to not talk to you. I said, can I tell you my opinion? She said, nope, I'm not supposed to spend my time talking to someone who's not in the district. Think about that. So now we have the Supreme Court saying, well, Yes, maybe the vote was improper in those states. Maybe there were shenanigans. Maybe the outcome of, the, of what happened in that state um, happened because something was wrong, but you don't have standing to complain about it. Why not? The president of the United States means all of our states and all of our possessions. You would think, to my layman's mind, foolish as it might be, that because we're dealing with a presidential election, that there should be some way of having states say, hey, you know what, if your election lacks integrity and the outcome has been manipulated, every American is made to suffer, you would think. And I wouldn't care if it was the other way around, Biden versus Trump. It bothers me that the federal government and the federal court and now the Supreme Court can say, well, if you don't live in that state, you have nothing to say about it. That senator certainly will have something to say over my life, over your life, over people in Chicago and people in Alaska and people in Hawaii. We all are, are governed by the federal government. So you would think that anybody who is governed has standing. You would think. But then again, what do I know? <clears throat> what indeed do any of us know? And you know, when you talk about undermining the legitimacy of a president, that's now the new argument. We're seeing it from YouTube. We're seeing it from Google. We're seeing it from Facebook. We will not allow you to post anything that calls into question the elections or the legitimacy of the Biden administration. Really? <clears throat> Did they have any problem calling into question President Trump's presidency? Something dawned on me. You know, sometimes something can be as obvious has the nose on your face, and maybe it's because of the nose. If you don't look in the mirror, you don't get to see your nose. You forget it's there. But I'm going to mention something, and I bet all of you are going to have one of those aha moments. Aha, he's right. So here's my aha moment. President Trump was doing a news conference a couple of weeks ago. I think it was just before the election, and it was about the COVID virus. And they were announcing some great stuff. And I said, I wonder how MSNBC, I wonder how CNN, I wonder how ABC, I wonder how those other news networks are covering the president's speech. I believe that, 
I forget if it was MSNBC or CNN, one of the two of them did cover the speech, and the other network didn't. Now, just stop and think. And, and there's been many times when I've looked, and nobody but Fox News had the president on, even though he was trying to address the nation. So here's the aha moment. Here is this question about delegitimizing a sitting president. Has there ever been a president before President Donald John Trump who wanted to have his voice heard by all Americans denied access to the network to broadcast his news conference? Have you ever seen that? Because as far as I remember, any time a president wanted to be heard, he would get in front of the cameras, they'd call up the networks, and they'd say the president is going to be giving a speech at 7 p.m. It seems as though the other networks decide whether or not they want to be bothered covering the president. Now, I'm sure that if Joe Biden burps, they will charge into the Oval Office or wherever he is and say, there's the president. Everyone shut up. Listen to the president because he's the president. No questions asked. He is the president. No questions asked. No question how the election was. President Trump was duly elected. And we heard Hillary say he knows he's not a legitimate president. We heard the talking heads on how many networks gaggling and giggling and, and smirking. Oh, this isn't a legitimate president. And I went to get a haircut a couple of weeks ago. I may have mentioned it on the program. If I did, forgive me. I guess I'm having a uh, Biden moment. Biden moment. Um, I went to get a haircut. Finally, they opened up the barbershop after months of being closed. They're going to probably shut it down again, so I got a nice short haircut. because I look like a wild man. I look like a, a troglodyte. And while I was in the barbershop, and this is a typical quintessential New York barbershop. My barber, by the way, has been giving me haircuts since I was 25 uh, I think he's about a year or two younger than I am. I was probably one of his very first customers, and I'm loyal. He does a great job. He knows how to cut my hair. I sit down. He does what he has to do, and I go home happy. Well, he was born in Italy. The owner of the barbershop was born, I think, in Russia, became an Israeli citizen, and then came to the United States. Quintessential New York place. <clears throat> By the way, supporting immigration law enforcement is not xenophobia. I, part of why I love New York is for its diversity, Okay. So we're sitting there, and they happened to have had ABC on, and The View came on. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I remember when Barbara Walters started that program, and she was frequently on the program. I used to watch it occasionally. I thought it was an interesting conversation. I didn't always agree with them. And, yes, it was almost always women, but that's fine. And I, I thought Meredith Vieira did a great job. It was an interesting program, I thought. So if I had a little time, I'm not a big TV watcher. I'd rather watch documentaries. <clears throat> but I would watch. Well, I haven't seen this program in I don't know how many years, and I, I know that I'm not missing anything now except lies. And so if you wonder why your neighbors have lost their mind, why they don't understand what's going on, they have been inundated, thoroughly immersed. You know, they have immersion training for language where you, where you have to speak a certain language. You can't revert back to English. They call that immersion language training. This is immersion propaganda training. Everything they said was a lie other than good morning. And what were they talking about? We had the COVID virus, and, and they were arguing over how bad Trump was, but they all came to the same conclusion, that anybody and everybody who got sick and anybody and everybody who died in America, that death is directly linked to President Trump, period. If it wasn't for Trump, they would all be alive, and they'd all be in the playground, and they'd all be going to barbecues. According to them, Trump didn't do a single damn thing, took no action, did nothing to get 
supplies to the doctors, did nothing to get any medication to the American people, did nothing to treat sick and dying people, issued policies that encouraged people to go out and die, and it went on and on and on. I was shocked. And my barber, who was cutting someone else's hair, stopped cutting the hair, and he walked over and watched the television. The owner of the barber shop walked over. And they just stared at the TV, and they got beat red, and they started to say, how in the world can they lie like this? The president did nothing to get medication to the American people. The president didn't care that people were coming to America and making us all sick and dying. He didn't care. It was all about business, all about Wall Street, all about profit. He has no conscience. He has no heart. He has no consideration. He has no compatibility. He's, he's the embodiment of evil. Wow. So let's remember when President Trump in January, January 31st, said we're not going to allow people from China to come to America, the Democrats immediately called him a xenophobe, a racist, a hater, a bigot. And then when he included Europe, they complained more about that. <clears throat> he was the one who started Operation Warp Speed, and now the vaccine is about to be released today as we speak. He was the one who invoked the War Powers Act to turn companies like the Ford Motor Company production line from making car parts and cars to making ventilators, if you remember. He moved hospital ships to both Chicago, both California and New York on both coasts. He built field hospitals. He turned the Javits Center into the biggest hospital in the United States, had it up and running within a matter of a couple of days using the brilliant folks um, from the United States military. He started trying to get medication to the American people, producing PPE, personal protective equipment, distributing it to hospitals. And, of course, in New York, they didn't want to use anything that Donald Trump gave us. So Cuomo took old people, sick people who had COVID, moved them back into nursing homes, even though the federal government said don't do it unless you can test them and isolate them and treat them. And, of course, Cuomo lied through his teeth and said, well, they said we could move them back to the nursing homes. Yes. But only if, but he left out the only if. So how many thousands of people died because of Mr. Cuomo? Well, actually, according to the people on The View, every one of those old people died purely because Donald Trump killed them. Donald Trump was the one that was responsible. Cuomo writes a book, gets an Emmy. An Emmy. Cuomo, at one point, said that the federal government had given New York State everything we needed and then some. We heard the same thing from, from California. Whatever we asked the administration, they responded immediately. They were there. They gave it to us. They saved so many lives. Whether we have political differences or not, we have to give credit to the federal government and the Trump administration. Within a week or two, they denied that Trump did anything for them, and Trump was to blame. It's Trump, 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 and the man is a criminal, and the man is a dirtbag, and the man is terrible. Never mind that there's videotapes of them thanking them. It doesn't matter. And I'm sure that if the videotapes of them thanking the president are on YouTube, they'll take them down if they haven't done it already. They will rewrite history even as it's being written. Uh, you know, when I was in, college, in high school, we had a news program that came on Friday evenings on one of the networks, and the announcer would make the statement that news is the history, history is the news that's worth remembering. So they're rewriting the news and rewriting history even as we speak. The Ministry of Truth, just like they do in communist dictatorships, just like they do, did in fascist Germany. Rewrite the news, scope the news so that it serves your political purpose. Everything has to serve the political purpose of the state. Now, what's remarkable, and I wrote about China three years ago, 
Google went to China to help China create an Internet service for the Chinese citizens, but it would block certain websites and information from the Chinese people because knowledge is power, and when you're trying to subjugate people, you can't empower them. The only information they get has to support your stand, has to back up the government, can't contradict the government, can't argue against the legitimacy of the ruling regime. You're going to be hearing a lot of that, I suspect, with Joe Biden, presuming, and I can't even bring myself to say it, that he's inaugurated. So God forbid if you disagree with him, because then they'll they'll sharpen the knives for you. God only knows. God only knows. But to do it to Donald Trump, that was a sport. Every day they competed with each other. How much more could we undermine this president who's done more for the United States in the last four years than any president has ever accomplished in eight years in recent memory? I didn't always agree with Trump. I wouldn't want him necessarily as my next-door neighbor. He's a character. But the point is he has done more for this country than any president I could think about, helped us to push back against Chinese espionage and manipulation of currency, to raise the standard of living for American workers, to help national security, to build up our military, all these things that he did. But they did everything they could to stop him and delegitimize him and sue him, and I'm sure they're going to give him grief when he leaves the White House. But the same media that attacked Trump and lied about Trump on a daily basis wouldn't cover anything about Hunter Biden, and at least 10% of the people who voted for Biden have now said that if they knew about the scandal with Hunter... They never would have voted for Biden. But if you don't believe that the election was legitimate, then it doesn't matter what they did or didn't do, because then you believe the fix was in. But nevertheless, it's disturbing that the news media would come out and say, oh, this isn't a story. NPR said we're not going to waste our time on on an issue that's not even a story. Not a story that the man who seems likely now to be sitting in the Oval Office within a matter of weeks, that his son may wind up in jail, for corruption that's not a story president trump made a phone call and got impeached for the phone call folks you remember that a phone call let me say it again a phone call trump was offering money and wanted you know wanted the government to do something that they wouldn't have well that was what joe biden did remember joe biden after he had that meeting with the ukraine i told them we have got a billion dollars, but if you don't get rid of that prosecutor, you're not getting the billion. If that isn't extortion, I don't know what is. And he got his way, and then he bragged about it. And the audience, like a bunch of trade seals, clapped approvingly. Yay! You manipulated a foreign government. Yay! That was okay. I think we're in the twilight zone. I really believe we're in the twilight zone. And when you speak to your neighbors, let me tell you, Most of them have no idea what has been happening. They're depending on the news. How do we know what's going on outside of our own households, outside of our own towns? When men landed on the moon, if you didn't have a television, if you couldn't listen to the news, how would you know people went to the moon? You looked up and saw them standing on the moon? Of course not. We depend on the news media. That's why it's called news. They're supposed to keep us up to speed so we know what's going on. You cannot have a democratic republic or any other kind of a democratic government without an informed electorate. If you don't know what your leaders are doing, how in the world do you know who to vote for? I mean, I don't know that it matters if they rig elections. Big if. If is a big word. My dad used to say if was the biggest small word in the English language. 
and there's a Yiddish expression that says, if my grandmother had balls, she would have been my grandfather. If. Everything hangs on that word, if. But by keeping information that the American voters should have had about the president of the man who's trying to become the president, think about that, the son of the candidate for the presidency is accused of all sorts of things involving tax fraud, money, connections to China, connections to other governments. That's not a news story. The potential for corruption isn't a news story. Even if Joe Biden didn't take a penny, and again, I'm not saying it happened, but if this investigation turns out to be true, and it's remarkable because the mainstream media was clucking away and saying, oh, this is a Russian hoax. There's no way he's under investigation. Everything is fine. This is Joe, this is Joe Biden's son. He's not under investigation. Well, Joe Biden's son now came out and said, yes, he's been contacted, and, and, and he's been told that he's the target of an investigation. Now how are they going to cover that track? It won't matter. YouTube will take down all the videos of anything that was said that contradicts today's narrative. History books will be rewritten. You know, in 1984, the challenge for the government, the corrupt government of 1984, was they had to keep gathering up and burning books because the books got the information wrong because they kept changing history. Today, folks, it's easy. It's a couple of keystrokes on a computer. I was with a good friend of mine at Hofstra University a number of years ago. I was participating in a debate on campus, and one of my buddies who actually graduated from Hofstra and a former immigration colleague, and then he went over to work for, for ICE. Uh, he went to Customs, and then and Customs became ICE, so he actually came back to immigration kind of sort of. <clears throat> so Tommy went with me to the campus, and as I was walking to the auditorium, we took a shortcut through the library. And he looked around. He said, my gosh, this library is like something out of the future. I said, what do you mean? He said, look, there's no books, only computers. I said, uh-huh. He said, isn't that great? I said, no. He said, why not? I said, because now you can rewrite history without having to burn a single book. And he just froze in his track, and he said, oh, my gosh, I hadn't thought of that. That's well, true. Change a couple of keystrokes, hit the keys, and, you know, God only knows what you could say happened in the past, who you can blame and who you can exonerate. History, as it is, isn't always accurate, you know. They say history is always written from the perspective of the winner, not the loser. America's been winning, but because of the fact that we've been subverted, uh, history is now being written from the perspective of the radicals and being lectured to our students from the perspective of the radicals, rewriting history every step of the way and every day of the week. How in the world do you prevent the mistakes of history if you don't even know what the hell has happened in the past that went terribly wrong? How would you know about the Holocaust if you deny the Holocaust? And there are people out there who do deny the Holocaust. And President Eisenhower, one of my all-time favorite presidents, made an interesting point. When he liberated the concentration camps, he ordered American soldiers to go to the houses of the Nazis. This was during the night that they hit the camps. And he saw the piles of dead bodies lying there like firewood. And he saw the emaciated um, people that were being held in the camps. They looked like skeletons with skin stretched over the bones. And he said, you go door to door, you get these bastards out of their houses, you take their cameras, you come back out here with those cameras, you photograph everything, everything, because 50 years from now, some bastard is going to say this never happened. 
And then he said, you get those bums in those houses to come out and you have them shovel holes in the ground and help to bury these poor victims. <clears throat> he was right. When it becomes inconvenient, just rewrite the history. Rewrite the history. And so you have Google going to China, helping China allegedly to rewrite history, to block access to the Internet, and to rat out anybody in China who would dare to even try to look at a banned website. And then Google said they wouldn't help the U.S. military because they didn't agree with our military. So an American company supposedly will help China with its efforts at tyranny but won't help the American military to protect the United States of America. And now Google is saying, we're going to take down anything that calls into question the results of the election. Well, what does that mean? Perhaps they were using China as a training ground for what they're going to do and what they are now doing in the United States of America. Friends of mine came to me a long time ago, and they were worried about the Second Amendment. I, see, be, I said to them, be at least as concerned about the First Amendment. If you have no freedom of speech, you have no freedom. If you have no freedom of speech, you have no freedom. Keep that thought in mind. There is no such thing as political correctness. Misuse of language is done not because we're being compassionate or, or fair or, or whatever, but because it's Orwellian newspeak. Alter thoughts through the alteration of language because human beings, when they do think on those rare occasions, use words. Words are critical. So that's where we are right now. <clears throat> it looks as though, unless there's some miracle, that Joe Biden is going to be the next president of the United States, and he's selecting his cabinet. And I wrote about one of his picks, a guy by the name of Alejandro Mayorkas. Now, what's interesting about Mayorkas, and I've spoken about him before, but I'm going to briefly mention it, and I'm going to suggest that after you listen to my program, that you go to Front Page Magazine, that you check out my article. The title of my article is um, Biden's DHS, the Department of Homeland Surrender. Alejandro Mayorkas, architect of DACA, picked by Biden to head DHS. I'm familiar with Mr. Mayorkas's background. Now, what's remarkable, the media, the mainstream media, was ecstatic because they described Mayorkas as being the first Latino immigrant who would head up the Department of Homeland Security, that his father was a Jew, that he is a Latino. Now, in all of that, can you please tell me what the qualification was that makes him qualified to run the Department of Homeland Security? Was it that his father was a Jew? Is it that he came from Cuba? Is it that he is a Latino? Of those, what, what means that this is the guy that should be running the biggest investigative agency in the federal government that, by the very nature of its title, is supposed to protect Americans from a variety of lethal issues, terrorism, um, drugs, criminals, you name it. So the fact that he's a Latino, the fact that he's Jewish, the fact that he's an immigrant, what has it got to do with it? It's remarkable. It's remarkable. This is what identity politics looks and smells like. Nobody should get a job or lose a job because of what I call the superficial factors of race, religion, or ethnicity. Now, I can tell you that Mr. Mayorkas was a prosecutor. Well, that's good, maybe. 
but he was also investigated by the Office of the Inspector General around 2015 for approving applications that shouldn't have been approved, where his employees at United States Citizenship and Immigration Services, the agency that I think of as the locksmith of the country because it gives out the visas, citizenship, residency status, political asylum, all determined by USCIS. So I I think of it as America's locksmith. I spent the years as an adjudications officer. You know, one of the advantages that I have is that during my 30-year career with what used to be the Immigration and Naturalization Service, I did a variety of jobs. I began my career as an immigration inspector at Kennedy Airport. When I helped Arizona, when they were sued by the Obama Justice Department, I guess we're going to be seeing more lawsuits like that with Biden at the oh Biden oh my goodness with Biden at the helm. Um, I uh, I actually helped Arizona. I gave them a deposition at the law firm used when they argued the case before the Supreme Court. But I described that four year stint when I sat in that inspector's booth at Kennedy Airport as the time that I had my eye to the peephole on America's front door because that's what immigration's about. That's why you have a doorbell. That's why you have a door lock. That's why um, you have a peephole. So a stranger knocks on the door, they ring the bell, whatever it is, they let you know, hey, I'm out here, let me in. And you get to look through the peephole. And if you don't like the looks of the person, you say, gee, he looks a little shaky. Or I just don't even want to be bothered right now. You could say to the person, go away. Or you don't have to say anything. You just don't open the door. Remember when you were a kid, you were taught that? If you have children, you told them. If the doorbell rings and we're not home, don't go to the door. Just let it be. Right, we have to be careful that we don't let somebody in who's going to hurt us. And that's what the immigration laws are about. They're not about racism or xenophobia. Title 8, United States Code, Section 1182. Let me repeat it. Write it down. Look it up online. Title 8, United States Code, Section 1182. List the categories of aliens who should not be permitted into the United States of America. So this gives you a clear idea about why we have immigration laws, Right. This is as fundamental as it gets. This is, if you want to call it, the Bible. This is the reference guide to the inspector at the airport. Now they're called CBP, Customs and Border Protection Inspectors. When I was there, they were simply called immigration inspectors because it was only one agency, the INS, Immigration and Naturalization Service. So it starts out, nothing about race, nothing about religion, nothing about ethnicity. If those distinctions are made in the law, I couldn't have enforced those laws for 30 seconds to get 30 years. Let's be clear. Aliens with dangerous communicable diseases or serious mental illness. Ellis Island, I remind you, was a quarantine station, right? Aliens who are criminals, terrorists, spies. Don't tell that to Fong Fong, right? Christine Fong, the apparent friend of Eric Smallwell, um, she came here as a student on a student visa. We're going to talk about that momentarily, by the way. Again, an immigration story. All these are immigration stories. <clears throat> the media doesn't want you to see it that way, but that's exactly what these all are, immigration stories. Immigration is a singular issue because it impacts just about every other challenge and threat that we face. But the media doesn't want you to think that way. They want you to think immigration and think dishwashers or think refugees who are going to be shot if they're not let in. That's what they want you to think. At some point, the American people should be able to ask the politician a very simple question. Why the hell are you doing this to us? And I don't mean just letting in immigrants. I have no problem with it. I was happy when I spent the years in the adjudications office or approving applications for green cards. It made my day. You know, the media and, and, and jerks like Cuomo would have you believe, oh, immigration agents are thugs. No, we didn't go out there and say, how, how do we screw people over? 
we leave that job to the politicians, don't we? And they do a really good job of it, don't they? Both parties, don't they? By the way, the House and Senate have now passed a bill that if, if the president signs it, would allow an unlimited number of H-1B visa holders and those who plan to get H-1B visas to come to America so they can fire lots of Americans and put them on the unemployment line. Both parties. And the wonderful Mike Lee from Utah, I say it with all the dripping sarcasm I can muster, said, we'll do a voice vote. Why a voice vote? Because that way there's no names. Normally you can check and say, oh, Charlie Smith, that bum voted for that bill. I'm not voting for him. But in a voice vote, how many say aye? How many say nay? The ayes have it. Who said aye? Who said nay? You're never going to know, folks, because there's no record. This is the equivalent of a burglar putting on gloves before they break into your house so they don't leave fingerprints behind, so you can't identify them. So they did a voice vote to flood America with so many high-tech workers that if your kid is in college getting a degree, tell them to avoid the rush and, and try to get a job at McDonald's. It ain't happening. They are tripping over themselves in Washington to screw Americans. These are horny bastards. They're in a state of perennial heat. And what they like to do more than anything is screw Americans. That's what they're doing, both parties. The Democrats are better at it and more eager to do it these days, or they're more overt. But the Republicans have been at this forever. Cheap labor, lower costs, more profits, and screw the middle class. And the Democrats came to the conclusion if we can get rid of the middle class, we force everybody to vote for the party of the handout, which is the Democrats. So when you're looking at the candidates, and there are exceptions, I have no use for the Democrat Party. And by the way, I'm a registered Democrat. But really and truly, it's like choosing between cancer and a heart attack all too many times. I want to know who's going to stand up for Americans. We had a president do that. You see what he did, what they did to him. His name was Donald Trump. I didn't agree with him all the time. But he was the guy that said, let's put Americans first. And the politicians had a meltdown. What the hell are you talking about? What the hell are you putting Americans first? Are you crazy? Abe Lincoln said something similar. That's what he meant by government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Put Americans first. Don't try it at home. You try it at home, you wind up like Donald Trump. They'll come for you. I promise you, they will come for you. The name of the game is screw Americans. Bring in cheap labor you can exploit. And all that, the only purpose that Americans serve is to pay taxes if they have a job and to buy all the crap that the corporations are peddling. Other than that, if you're an American, you have no point for existence. That's what you're supposed to be, a good little consumer who buys all the crap and pays the taxes but don't plan on getting ahead because that's not for you. That's for foreign nationals, and they're never getting ahead either. And COVID has done a great job of destroying American businesses, mom-and-pop businesses, businesses that have been in families for decades, generations, so that more people are forced to go to Amazon and other mega stores and, and conglomerates so that we can shaft over the middle class and get rid of the middle class. Of course, without a middle class, the Democrat Party will always win. And the Republicans are too greedy to understand that. And the corporations are too greedy to understand that if you get rid of the middle class, you're getting rid of the consumer base that you're depending on. I was no big fan of Henry Ford. There were all sorts of allegations circulating that he was cozy with Hitler and a whole bunch of other stuff. But he was a shrewd businessman. He not only built the Model T Ford, the most successful mass-produced car at the time, but he paid his workers enough money so they could afford to buy the cars they made. 
That's why he was successful. If people couldn't have afforded his cars, no matter how good they were, nobody would have bought them because they wouldn't have had the money. So Henry Ford paid his people more than most employers, so they were actually able to purchase the cars that they made on the assembly line. So they lived better. Henry Ford made a fortune, and America advanced, and the middle class grew. This is common sense. This is what happens if you study history. But don't worry. I'm sure that those stories will be taken out of the history books pretty quickly if they're not already gone. We don't want the American people to know that there used to be a middle class in America because they might get upset and wonder what the hell happened to the middle class. So I'm going to imagine the first thing that they're going to try to do when they, when they redo the history books is to eliminate two words, middle class. Obsolete. We don't need no stinking middle class. We just need a working class. Remember, there's always room for more oarsmen on a slave ship, right? If I sound angry, I am. I am. So we have this guy, Mayorkas. He's accused of ordering his people to get to yes. What does that mean? Approve everything. And apparently he was involved with a couple of cases that the inspector general looked at that led back to Terry McAuliffe, which leads back to Hillary Clinton. And they said, we don't know what the motivation was. Really? Huh? You don't know what the motivation was. Everyone's become a Pinocchio. Their noses are all growing. But he was removing people who refused to approve applications for various immigration benefits. Immigration fraud was determined by the 9-11 Commission, to which I provided testimony. Immigration fraud was the number one method of entry and embedding, not only for the 9-11 terrorists, but they went back in time 10 years prior to 9-11, and of 94 terrorists they could identify who operated in the United States, 59 at least used immigration fraud. That was the 9-11 Commission findings. I would argue that they all committed fraud because almost all of them came through a port of entry. And when you go through a port of entry, and again, my experience kicks in, the inspector asks, hi, what's the purpose of your visit? How long do you plan to be staying? Do you think that any of these terrorists said to the inspector at the port of entry, hi, I'm here to take an airliner filled with passengers and turn the airliner into a cruise missile and fly it into a tall building to kill thousands of people. I want to see a show of hands. How many people think that that's what these pieces of garbage said to the inspectors when they came into the port of entry? They all lied. That's fraud. And if you could prove it, it's actually a felony, but of course you can't prove it. And they wouldn't prosecute it anyway because they don't want immigration crimes prosecuted if they could avoid it. In fact, Joe Biden has promised a massive amnesty program for 11 million illegal aliens, which will probably be closer to 30 million illegal aliens, but that's only the tip of the iceberg. Because the number that the media doesn't want you to know, and that includes all the media, all the media, I don't care what station, I don't care how conservative you think the station is, they will not discuss it. I've spoken to producers, and they tried to change the subject. Think about that. The con is on, and we're being scammed. The country is in deep trouble. Because if Biden submits that bill to Congress to provide what they call comprehensive immigration reform, and how many stories have you seen about comprehensive reform where the reporter says to the politician, why have you not passed comprehensive reform? Why have you not robbed the bank? Why have you not shot that little girl in the stroller? Why don't they ask those questions, too? Because comprehensive immigration reform, I've given it two names. One of the names, I gave it back in 2006 when I testified for a bunch of congressional hearings about immigration reform, 
And Senator Sessions, who was at the time the senator from Alabama, one or two senators from Alabama, quoted me. Because I called Comprehensive Immigration Reform the Terrorist Assistance and Facilitation Act. Why? Because under the Terrorist Assistance and Facilitation Act, we would be giving legal status to people in such large numbers that there is no capacity to interview them. Let that sink in. No capacity to do a field investigation. You run fingerprints. If they don't have a criminal history, it comes up clean. The name may well be a fake name. The 9-11 hijackers, 19 individuals used over 360 false names. Right? Understand what that means. So you don't even know who the person is. You're going to give them lawful status. And with that document, they can immediately get driver's licenses and Social Security cards, open bank accounts, and move freely among us as they go about their terrorist plans. And they will. They absolutely will. So... I called the Terrorist Assistance and Facilitation Act. Senator Sessions in 06 used my statement with attribution because unlike so many slimy politicians, he's a man of integrity, and he did it with attribution, sent me a very nice certificate that hangs in the wall of my office at home. Um, And he said that it was his belief that his ability to use my words enabled him to convince enough members of the Senate to vote down terrible legislation whereupon Obama said that Congress failed to act. It didn't fail to act. It said, no, it's a bad idea. That's not a failure to act. But Obama, who didn't have a smidgen of corruption, sure thing, not a smidgen, not a pigeon either. But now I've come to call comprehensive immigration reform by a new name. I call it, in addition to the Terrorist Assistance and Facilitation Act, it has an alias, also known as, a.k.a. also known as, the Overwhelm America Act. So I'm going to ask you a question. I just did this on a rabbi's radio show two days ago, and I said to him, and I'm going to say it to you, the question I'm about to ask you is not the equivalent of what was the color of George Washington's white horse. It may sound like it, but I'm telling you from the very beginning, it's not the same. If Joe Biden does an amnesty program and Congress is stupid enough and corrupt enough to approve it, and I think they are. They're certainly stupid. They're certainly corrupt. We know that. So that's a given. The sun's coming up in the east, and Congress and the politicians, many of them are crooks. Not all. Some are good. But for the most part, I trust them as far as I can throw my bookcase with all the books and and everything else. It it doesn't work, okay? But if they, Congress, approves Biden's bill to legalize what could be, let's say, 25 million. So let's say we legalize 25 million aliens who are here illegally, whose identities are unknown and unknowable, how many green cards will this program issue? Now, I know what you're saying. What's wrong with this guy? He just said 25 million. Is he stupid? No. Because what you don't know and what Congress doesn't want you to know and what the mainstream media will never tell you, because they're all globalists. They're in on this together, folks. You want collusion? There's your collusion. The day you give an alien lawful status. And this really makes sense because we travel as a family unit. Every alien who gets legalized will, on that exact day, have an immediate right to petition the government to have all of their minor children and their spouses come to America the next day. So let's be optimistic and say we're only dealing with 25 million. You know, Reagan said a million. We wound up with almost 4 million. But the number you never hear about from Reagan's nonsense is how many kids and how many spouses then came to accompany their parents who are here working illegally and were now legalized. So let's say, on average, we're talking about four children per, per legalized alien. 
four. What's four times 25 million? And we're not even looking at the spouses right now. I'm just looking at the kids. If we have an average of four children per alien, some may have 10 and 12 and 15. Some may have zero. I'm being an optimist. It could be five. It could be six. It could be eight. We don't know. I'm being an optimist. Four. Four times 25 million, folks, is an immediate influx of 100 million. 100 would be entitled to come here immediately. I mean, like, tomorrow, if this bill passes. They would immediately be enrolled in our schools. They need more than a pillow to sleep on. They all need water and food and electricity and sewerage and transportation and health care. And as more and more people need more and more food, inflation kicks up. This is supply and demand. So the container of milk that costs maybe $3 now could wind up costing $6. The, 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 the loaf of bread, instead of being $2, would become $4. Where does that money come from? How many more Americans will wind up homeless? And as you wind up with greater demand for housing, what happens to the price of housing? It goes through the roof. Supply and demand. More people needing more housing puts an upward pressure on the cost of housing. You understand what we're talking about. More people need more electricity. They want to have all electric cars. How in the world are you going to generate electricity to power your cars? Well, you won't. So you're going to be told, buy a nice, shiny electric car, keep it nice and polished. It'll look beautiful in your driveway, but it's not going to go anywhere because there's no electricity to charge it. Lots of luck. Lots of luck. This is where we're headed, a vicious downward spiral. And, and so we should have a lottery. How fast can we get America to resemble Venezuela? Because a short time ago, you may not know this if you haven't been following global politics or global economics, not long ago, Venezuela was the wealthiest, I mean absolute, without even close competition, the wealthiest country in all of Latin America. Number one in economy, in economics, Venezuela. Right now, guess what the poorest country in all of Latin America is? You guessed it, Venezuela. And it only took a couple of years. They wound up with a communist regime, Hugo Chavez, who may have used voting machines that we're talking about now, the Dominion machines, because that's why they were linked to Venezuela. So I wouldn't doubt that Hugo Chavez didn't get elected, but stole the election to become the leader of Venezuela. And as a communist, he destroyed their economy. And in fact, Colombia now has a huge problem with illegal immigration from guess which country, folks? Yes, you guessed it, Venezuela. It's the new math. It's the new math. And now we get to Mr. Swalwell, and we get to Joe Biden's son with the allegations about Chinese influence. And it turns out that Swalwell allegedly had this girlfriend from, or a woman that he was working with from the time that he was a city councilman. She was a bundler. And I always said this about the bundlers. You know, they bundle the money. That's called structuring, if you or I did it, money laundering. So you get a bunch of little campaign contributions to the people that say, here's $25, I hope you win the next election. Good luck, here's $10, here's $5, here's $8, here's my piggy bank. And they put it all together, and then they deposit $400 million in the bank. Well, where did the money come from? Well, we just bundled up all this money. Well, who's to say that some of the money from the bundlers didn't come from China 
And people from other countries are not allowed to make campaign contributions in American politics for obvious reasons. Foreign influence. Foreign influence. China owns this country. They've infiltrated everything. Diane Feinstein, for 20 years, had a driver who was driving for her. He was Chinese and apparently a spy. Now, the interesting question about Swalwell and, and Christina Fang, or Christina Fang, she had her fangs in him, you know, and, and, and Mayers as well, or they had something in her, but we're not going to talk about that. So, somehow, the FBI comes to Eric Swalwell and says, you know, there's this woman that you're involved with, and we think she's a spy, and the next thing you know, she leaves. Now, the qu- question is this. Is this is a really important question. Now, I don't know the answer to this question, but someone should ask the question. Did this young lady leave the country before or after Swalwell was told by the FBI that the woman was a spy? Because my concern is, what would have happened if Swalwell was told this woman's a spy, and he went to her and said, the FBI's on to you, and she fled the country? Because if that happened, that could be considered obstruction of justice and obstruction of governmental administration and conspiracy. Because it's just so remarkable that she split from what I'm reading. And again, I'd like someone to see a timeline. She apparently split around the time that Swalwell was tipped off by the FBI that this girl working at his office, who also got an intern to work for him, and he's in the Intelligence Committee, by the way, so he has access to our nation's secrets. Think about that keeps me awake at night. Why should I be able to stay awake? Well, you can't. You should be able to stay awake, too. So if it turns out that he told her, look out, they're coming for you, and she ran, that's a felony. So it's very interesting. But Swalwell was the guy that kept hammering away and still does it. Russian collusion. Trump is involved with the Russians. Trump was involved with the Russians. And everything he details seems to parallel kind of like what's been reported in the media about his relationship with this Chinese woman. And the head of the FBI was interviewed just a few months ago, and they said, how prevalent is Chinese espionage in America? And his answer stopped me dead in in my tracks. He said they opened up a new investigation into Chinese espionage every 10 hours. Not 10 days, not 10 weeks, every 10 hours. I promise you, the FBI doesn't have the resources for this. Nobody does. We're talking about thousands and thousands of spies in the United States stealing our secrets. And it's not just over the military, which is bad enough. It's commercial products. It's how to make medication. It's how to build cars. It's how to build trains. It's how to build airplanes. They're all over our schools. There's been one report after another of universities getting millions of dollars from China that they don't report. The chairman of the chemical biology department at Harvard University has been arrested. He is being prosecuted for lying to federal authorities about his cooperation at the Wuhan labs in China. Yes, those Wuhan labs. I'm not connecting him to COVID, but I'm just telling you it's the same lab apparently and then lying about the money that he was getting because he was being paid $50,000 a month according to the allegations in the papers. $50,000 a month that uh, he was being paid to covertly help China in their their biology and chemical programs. He's not alone. There's many more. If you wonder how big the problem is, it's huge. It's huge. And Joe Biden only knows how to say what? I'm proud of my son. Proud of him, why? Because he was hanging out with a Chinese spy? Was he? I don't know. That was Swalwell. Is he proud of his son because his son's under investigation for tax returns? 
with, with taxes rather than tax returns? Is he proud of him because um, there's criminal charges hanging now over Joe Biden's older brother, by the way, that he's under investigation as well? How big a net are they using? Will they have to get more netting? Will Joe get caught up in the net? If this was a movie, uh, like a Tom Clancy thriller, you would say this is far-fetched. Not far-fetched. So passes for the news today. The man who's likely at this point to be sworn in as president has a son who may wind up in a federal penitentiary. May. I'm not going to call him an aspiring felon, but you know, you look at what's been going on here, and it's nuts. Now, I don't know that this has ever happened before, so it, it raises an interesting question. Would Hunter get Secret Service protection in jail? I, just a thought. Just a thought. You've got to wonder. I have a curious mind. When have we ever seen America in this kind of a situation before? And you have the Congress tripping over itself to pass a law, the, the Fairness for High-Tech Immigrants Bill. What happened to the Fairness for American High-Tech Workers Bill? There is no fairness for Americans because we're talking about the U.S. government. Are you stupid? you think the government represents its own citizens? Of course not. It represents Silicon Valley. It represents the people who are able to make the, the bribes. I mean, the campaign contribution. I get trouble with these terms. I always confuse campaign contribution with the term bribe, but that's me. So if you're not paying a gazillion dollars to the political parties, don't expect any kind of uh, interest being shown towards you or your family or your children or their future in their own country. The DREAM Act uses the word alien, Development, Relief, and Education for Alien Minors Act. The word alien becomes entirely palatable when you link it to the American dream. And everyone says, oh, the American dream. Don't get excited, folks. It's not for you. That's for the people who shouldn't be here. In order to qualify, you have to be an illegal alien, and then we'll take care of you. Don't even come legally. Um, illegally. We are the nation of criminals and crooks. It's been made abundantly clear. The police are the enemy and the criminals are the victims. That's what's happening. It started with sanctuary cities with immigration violations. And I kept telling people if they're going to do this with murderers and drug dealers and gangbangers from other countries, how soon before they give equal protection to domestic criminals and thugs and so forth. And we're doing it now. So if you're mugged by a criminal, that's the price you pay for American privilege. You're an American citizen. Expect to be mugged because that's what we do in America. We reward the criminals and we screw over the law-abiding people. You want proof? Pick up the newspaper. Read about defund police. Read about all the madness. Donald Trump just scored another victory today. Morocco now signing on to work cooperatively with Israel. But the Biden administration has promised to undo what they call the damage being done to world politics, and Rashid Tlaib and all these others are furious that Donald Trump has been helping to create peace in the Middle East when they want to see violence against Israel in the Middle East. This doesn't feel like my country anymore. I don't even know what to say. It's for far too long, far too many Americans have sat out the game and they've allowed the politicians to run amok. We've been lousy employers and we needed to rein them in. And we haven't done it, and now we're paying a hell of a price. We're paying a hell of a price. The final thought is that we now have Kamala Harris, a woman who may become the president. 
couldn't get a single vote in the primary. You want to talk about an illegitimate presidency? Remember her stunning performance in the debates? They, they basically laughed her off the stage. She can wind up in the Oval Office based on what? I have no flipping idea. But she said one of the first priorities will be to end the limit on, on aliens coming into the country from countries that sponsor terrorism. You know, what they call the travel ban was an entry restriction to make certain that we didn't have people that come from countries that sponsor terrorism come to America to commit acts of terrorism because we can't properly screen them. We have a problem with those countries. And she said, be rest assured, we're going to take care of the problem. We're going to let everybody in, no matter what country they're from, even if we can't screen them. I almost get the sense that Joe Biden is hoping for a terrorist attack. I hope I'm wrong. But why in the world would you allow aliens into your country if you can't screen them and figure out who's a terrorist? I certainly would not get on an airplane if I saw people sneaking past TSA. I'm sure you wouldn't either. No rational person would. But the vetting process we do at ports of entry is comparable to the vetting process that TSA does for the same reason. It's about safety. So to allow aliens in when you know you're not able to figure out if they're safe to admit, to my thinking, is nothing less than an act of national suicide. We're about to enter the twilight zone, the Orwellian world where up is down, down is up, love is hate, and hate is love, and war is peace, and peace is war. That's where we are. I, I don't know where we go with this. We have to keep a close eye on what's happening with the elections in Georgia. But I've never seen our country in such a perilous position, frankly, as it is right now. We must get involved with politics, folks. We must speak to our neighbors. Um, I I think soon enough people will wake up to the horrors that we've inflicted on ourselves. This isn't about xenophobia. It's not about being a a, a right-wing lunatic. I'm, I'm a Brooklyn kid. And I'm a lifelong Democrat. On most issues, you would properly say I'm liberal. But the liberals of today are not liberals. And stop using that term because they don't deserve the term liberal. They're anything but liberal. They're totalitarian fascists. There's nothing progressive about their goals. They're regressive. You know, when they hear this nonsense about progressive, I remember when General Electric used to run commercials and say a GE progress is our most important product. You always think about progress like what President Trump was able to do with Operation Warp Speed and crank out a a, um, vaccine against a deadly virus within a year. That would have been in the realm of science fiction. So you expect that as we go into the future, progress will mean more technology, better medication, a better way of life. That's not what is going to happen if we flood America with over 100 million immigrants. And it's not about their race or religion, folks. I don't care where they're from. The sheer numbers would overwhelm us. We can't afford it. You know, when we create a list for a party, we can't invite everyone on the list because we know we have limitations. So we take names off the list, not because we hate them, but because we understand their limitations. Restricting immigration isn't about xenophobia or hatred. It's about putting the best interests of your own citizens before anybody else you feed your own children before you give money to charity no rational person would give money to charity if their own children were going to bed hungry at night that's what this is about please get involved i always like to make the point that democracy is not a spectator sport please check out my articles at front page magazine frontpagemag.com 
Also, check out Team DML, dmlnews.com. I do podcasts every week for Team DML. Perhaps you may want to join. You may want to let your neighbors know about all this because knowledge, after all, is power. Have a good weekend. Happy Hanukkah to those of you who celebrate the holiday as we do here at home. And I look forward to seeing you again next week right here on the Michael Cutler Hour. Be well, everybody. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.